This morning, I'd like to turn our attention to a big idea about who Jesus is. A trailblazer. It's a specific descriptor that we see in the scripture about who Jesus is. We have been this year as a church family reading through the New Testament together, synced up, and this is a word that we see used to describe Jesus and the big idea of who Jesus is. And I want to just remind us that in this stretch of weeks, what we are looking at is who Jesus is, how Jesus brings rest, and how we should respond. So, one of the occurrences of this description of Jesus is in Hebrews chapter 12, and that's where I'd like for us to start this morning. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses. Now that is referencing chapter 11 in the letter, this open letter to people who were Jewish followers of Jesus that were being pressured to leave this relationship with God where they were relying on Jesus for salvation and to return to a Jewish religious culture of relying on their obedience as their salvation. And it's, it's a t- we're turning, we want to remember the focus. And the focus is, look at Jesus. So the huge cra- crowd of witnesses in chapter 11 is a list of people that were, have been ordinary people in life and yet been extraordinary in their life example of believing God, of believing in God. So we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off the weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How do we do that? That sounds a little bit difficult. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Look at Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And there's our word for the morning, a trailblazer, the champion. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Look at Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And what I'd like to do this morning is to help us see a little bit greater depth than maybe we already know that this big idea about who Jesus Christ is that was an essential part for them of an understanding. It's a trailblazer. This word, which isn't quite so easily translated into just one word in English, it's one who causes something to begin. And in this new covenant, in this good news, are you glad for this good news this morning? Right? You can respond. Come on, we're here together in this space. The one who causes something to begin, a founder, initiator, captain, prince, author. It's a word, the champion, and also the one who starts. One that takes the lead in anything and thus affords an example, a predecessor in a matter a pioneer. And in their, in their modern uh, literature of the day, the literature of the day, they would have been familiar with this concept about the, the founder of the city of Athens. 
the hero of a city who founded it, gave it its name, and became its guardian. That same word was used to describe him that they're using to describe Jesus. So look at Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Have you ever been somewhere in the great outdoors and wondered if you were the first person to ever be there? (laughs) I remember very distinctly that the picture you see on the screen is what people call Lost Lake, or what I should say white people called Lost Lake. And I remember very distinctly when I was 12 going with a, a group the fathers and sons, to hike and hike and camp and camping near Lost Lake. And I remember very distinctly at 12 wondering, like, are we the first people to ever be here? And, and what would it be like if we, we needed to stay more than just how long we had planned to camp there? I remember uh, one early in the morning being by the fire and watching a deer walk out of the woods just... I mean, maybe from me to where Danielle is sitting this morning and watching this deer walk out of the woods to over where the tent and a couple of backpacks were, where one of my friends was still sleeping in the tent and watching this deer walk out and then my friend stick his nose out of the tent to come face to face with this deer. I remember thinking like, what would it be like to try to make a home here? What would it be like to, to be the first person who was ever there. And the interesting thing about this, this story is that I'm 47 today. That happened when I was 12. Very distinct memory for me. About 35 years have passed. In a similar way, this letter is written around that amount of time since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And I have that very, very distinct memory. And this, what you see here, Lost Lake, really does the first time. Now there's campsites there, not multiple things, right? The Native Americans called it Heart of the Mountains. And actually, the guy who named it Lost Lake had been a guide. This is decades and decades and decades and decades ago. I forget, like eight, a long time ago. He'd been a guide for hunting and fishing in the area. He'd been all over this area, and it's around Mount Hood. What you see pictured there is Mount Hood, which is an 11,000-foot peak that has snow on it year-round just a little over an hour drive from Portland, Oregon. This guy had hiked and camped and and lived all over the region, and he had never found this lake. And the Native Americans who saw his appreciation for the land actually led him to this lake. He never found it on his own. And that's why he called it Lost Lake. And it really does feel like you're in a totally different place. There's lava tubes from the volcanic area in 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 the region, And there's actually a hole from a lava tube in the lake that the lake empties into and the water just disappears. So it really does feel like you're in a place that no one else has ever been. And later on in life, I had had a trip where we we hiked way off into the wilderness using only topographical maps that the rangers would use. Hiked and camped and hiked and camped and hiked and camped and hiked and camped and followed a stream and was actually in a place where I felt like I don't see any evidence that any human has ever been here before. We were blazing a trail. And there is something peaceful about when you come to a place that somebody shows you, that makes a way where it seemed like there wasn't a way, where there is that trailblazing, that pioneering thing that occurs. And it's important for us to understand 
that this was a really essential part of the big idea that they had about who Jesus was. And we see this a couple times in the book of Acts and in the letter of Hebrews, okay? So one of the things that happened less than two months after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was the healing of a man who was not able to walk. And a crowd gathered, and remember, this is just weeks after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and in their wanting to know how did this miracle happen, they point to, they make a public declaration to explain, and they use this word, this trailblazer word, to describe Jesus in their description. They say, you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Now remember, there have been people there who were in the crowd, who given the opportunity of Jesus or Barabbas, right? And called Barabbas and said, let the blood of Jesus be on us, right? And so they're saying in the same city, just weeks later in a public place, and they use this word, author of life, initiator, trailblazer, champion. It's an essential part of how they understood who Jesus was. And most likely within just a several more weeks, maybe months, we're not entirely sure, the high priest of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem put the apostles in prison for teaching about Jesus publicly. And then an angel came and sprung them from jail. They were released. And the high priest and his council had figured out what they wanted to do with this group of people. They sent their guards to go get them and they weren't there. Well, what did they, they found them teaching about Jesus and they got them, they arrested them, they brought them back before the high priest. And in that setting, again, this big idea about who Jesus is comes out, this same word. Acts chapter 5, verse 31. God, the apostles are describing who Jesus is. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior. And that's that trailblazer word. God exalted him at his, at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. They're explaining, hey, with the, the worship of Yahweh here in Jerusalem, it has all been pointing forward to this, to this Jesus, the breaker, the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way, the pioneer, the trailblazer, the author of life, the perfect leader, the initiator. And we also see this, this word used in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, which we read this week. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader. There's our trailblazer word, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. How do we do this? We do this and we see the same word in the text that we started with this morning. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion, the trailblazer, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus, the trailblazer, this is a part of his identity. This is a part of who he is. This is a part of what he has done for you. I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for that. And it is an essential part of the way that they viewed Jesus. It was a part of the big picture. Now let's talk about the journey that Jesus went on in, in which he proved this aspect of his personality, of his identity, of his purpose. Jesus the trailblazer had a journey, and here's what we're going to look at. 
Jesus led the way into suffering and death. Jesus didn't live some kind of fantasy life where nothing went wrong. Jesus didn't go through all of this that he did for you, not experiencing pain. Jesus led the way into suffering and death. And Jesus, second, Jesus blazed a trail through suffering and death. He broke through. He's the breaker. He's the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. That's who Jesus is. He led the way into suffering and death. He blazed a trail through suffering death. And number three, Jesus made a way into God's presence. So let's look at this first one, a little bit greater detail from the scripture. We're going to go back to our reading from this week in Hebrews chapter 2. Before his glory, Jesus led the way into low status, suffering, rejection, and death. They witnessed this with their own eyes. They saw this happen. Here's what we read. What do we see? Jesus, it... Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels, and because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory, and it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, in other words, human, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Jesus' journey, the journey of the trailblazer, is that before his glory, he led the way into low status, suffering, rejection, and death. There is nothing that you have experienced in this life in the way of rejection, false accusation, personal betrayal, suffering, whether it be physical or in your soul. There is nothing that you experience in that respect or a loved one experiences physical death that Jesus has not also experienced. Jesus, the trailblazer, the champion, the initiator, he led the way into death and suffering. But what we also see in this passage from Hebrews chapter 2 is that he blazed a trail through it. It did not defeat him. It was not his ultimate destiny. Come on, somebody. Death and suffering 
is not your ultimate destiny when you follow Jesus. Because Jesus has made a way through. Jesus broke the power of death. He broke the power of our enemy. And when He returns, it will ultimately be fulfilled forever. He led the way in and He led the way through. He broke the power over death. He experienced a human life tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. As the Son of the living God, He was raised to life by the Father on the third day, breaking through the power of the living God. Jesus the trailblazer breaking the power of sin and death. Surely He is worth our wholehearted devotion, our respect, our worship. He made a way through. Now, what we also see very clearly in Hebrews is that Jesus made a way into God's presence. And we saw that in some places in our reading this week. Let's take a look at that. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Wow, that should be incredibly meaningful truth to us today. This is what Jesus has accomplished, and then this is the result for us today. This is the benefit we receive today. Who? How? Jesus, the trailblazer. Look at Jesus. Look who He is. What He has accomplished. He's the one who led the way in and broke through. Right? He is the one who has made a way. What One thing that is that happens in a relationship between people when there is betrayal, when there is a real mistake, is that the emotion that can be left in the room is, I can't even be in the same room with you. You know, I hope you've never experienced that. Maybe you have. A toxic selfishness, a sin causes, it, it, it tempts us to make mistakes that break relationship. And that breaking in the relationship causes that effect. I can't even be in the same room with you. And I want you to consider that God the Father, the giver of life, the creator, the designer of you, loves you so very much. But when we are in our sin, I can't even be in the same room with you. The one true living God, the only source of pure love, hope, peace, and joy. For me, the idea of eternal judgment in hell is not about pain, suffering. It's about being separated from the one true source of love, hope, peace, and joy forever. And what did Jesus accomplish? Jesus made a way. He took our sin on Himself. 
so that it could be removed from us, so that guilt and shame and the, the, the moral obligation of punishment would be removed from us so that we could enter the presence of the Father as we just read, humbly coming before Him and confidently coming before Him because Jesus made a way. Look at Jesus. The trailblazer. The one who has made a way. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. It means that God in three persons is worthy of all my love, of the best of my worship. This is who Jesus is. But that it's important for us to see the journey that Jesus went on as the trailblazer and to have a depth of understanding like we see in Hebrews 2. How will we overcome if we ignore so great a salvation? Learning about our salvation, considering the truth of our salvation, looking to Jesus as the trailblazer, that is the way that these early Christians turned their world upside down. God did miracles and He gave them an opportunity to be involved. Boy, this is good. Let's consider this. So dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By His death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciousness have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near." Jesus laid the way into suffering Jesus and death. Jesus blazed a trail through suffering and death. Jesus made a way into God's presence. So, how do we respond to this? My hope and my prayer is that as we go on this journey together, reading, praying, considering, that it will go deep for each of us personally. That our interaction with God will grow into new levels, greater depths, more transformation in us and motivate us in this life. But how do we respond? Well, let's talk about some very specific practical things. Here's what I'd like for you to do today. Just a suggestion. Write a description of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. See, I think trying to put it in our own words helps us connect with the truth. Helps us change. Is this motivating for you? I mean, it's one thing for you to listen to my side of the conversation. But is it motivating for you? Is it real for you? This word was clearly a part of their big idea of who Jesus is. 
Is it a part of your big idea of who Jesus is? Is it real to you? Today, I would invite you, write down the words that you would use to describe who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Write it down. And second, pray in response to these truths. Are you in a dialogue with God? Are you in a conversation with God? Does this, does who Jesus is, right? If I'm going to pray, I have a Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm going to praise Father God. Do I praise Father God for who Jesus is? Because the Scripture says that it was Father God who sent the Son. This should be a part of my dialogue with God. Thanking God, thanking Father God for sending Jesus the Son the trailblazer. Pray in response to these truths. And if you find that your heart has been lukewarm, if you find that your passion has not been fired, if you find that your decisions, your disciplines, your exercises have not been informed by this truth, readily confess where you've been wrong, ask for forgiveness, and step into a new, deeper relationship with God. God isn't trying to hold it over you God wants to give forgiveness, give grace, and motivate you into a relationship with Him that is transformative, that is new, that is different, that is greater. So pray in response to these truths. And then third, tell someone about who Jesus is to you. These are essential things that are a part of what we have read in the book of Acts, that we have read in the New Testament about their response to Jesus. We can't expect the results that we see in Scripture if we ourselves are not personally involved in the same way. And we see this kind of devotion in the book of Acts. We see it in their whole person. So the invitation is, have a look at these scriptures. Read these scriptures that we have today. and They'll be on the, on the website, cityharborchurch.com slash messages, but they're in the reading. It's all available to you. We've posted daily comments on it so you can read it. Go back and read these scriptures that we've looked at today. Deeply consider who Jesus is. Write it down. Think about it. Reflect on it. And then have a conversation with God based on that. Have a conversation with God based on that. And then tell someone else. It's not really completely fulfilled until we share. Share with someone else who Jesus is. I guarantee you, God has placed you in a neighborhood with people who need to know Jesus. God has placed you in a neighborhood with people who need to know Jesus. God gives you an opportunity to go to grocery stores with people who need Jesus. God has given you an opportunity to work alongside with people who need Jesus. It should be the joy of our life out of gratitude to share who Jesus is with someone else. That's something that is incredibly fulfilling. 
among the things that I've enjoyed most in my life is just honestly sharing about who Jesus is to me, about how Jesus has changed my life. Because I can tell you very personally that Jesus has made a way in my life where I couldn't see a way. It's who Jesus is. Let's pray this morning. Oh God, we thank You for all that You have done. Thank You, Father God, for sending Jesus the Son to take our sins on Himself so that there could be a way pioneered for us to confess our wrong, receive forgiveness, new spiritual life, a new heart. Thank You for what You have done. Thank You, God. You make a way through Jesus for us to enter Your presence, to receive grace and help when we need it, to see You for who You are, to worship You, to recognize where You are already at work in this world, to have our spiritual eyes open to see where You are already at work, where we can get involved, to love You wholeheartedly, I thank you that you give us this opportunity. We love you, God. We thank you for your goodness today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today, for taking some time to consider this. Uh, we hope that it is helpful to you. Uh, we, we really do believe that this is an essential part of our being on a spiritual journey together, that it's a helpful part of it. And Listen, there's no, we're not striving for perfection. We're in a relationship with God and thankful for what God has accomplished and want to be in a place where we're truly enjoying life.